Shomrabyug. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to On Shomrabyug. Welcome back to the tiny room. I am the Michael of the podcast, Michael and Benjamin's podcast, not the podcast, Michael and Ben's podcast, who we have reached out to with no comment yet. And I am joined by the man who Donald Trump has hired to be his modern day Van Helsing. And help him finally stop that damned count. It's Benjamin. I'm going out there. I'm going to Philly. I'm going to Nevada. And I got my stakes all sharpened up, boys. I'm going to get them. It's very important, Benjamin. I think it's good that America has finally taken the threat of Dracula seriously. I mean, he's been there for years, Michael. It might be too late. Yeah, um, Leslie Nielsen, for example. <laughs> he turns up every four years, Michael. Was Leslie Nielsen Dracula? I think he was... I think he was, yeah. I think he was a piss take Dracula. <laughs> Who was Dracula in Dead and Loving It? <laughs> Nicolas Cage? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't do a Nicolas Cage voice. Benjamin, why don't you lead us into this week's uh, either on the, pro- on the spot Nicolas Cage impression or theme music? You decide. <laughs> <laughs> I want to suck your blood. No, it's not bad. It's That's about as close as I can get at the minute. Anyway, no, I'm much better at theme music. Do you want to hear? Oh, yeah. Theme music for the podcast We don't actually have any music Oh, bloody love it. Benjamin. Go on. Speaking of um, things which are long past their sell-by date finally coming to an end, <laughs> it's um, it's uh, the final episode series finale of the show that you have modelled a lot of your life on, Supernatural. Yep, season 85, Michael, drawn to a close. Season 109, I think it is, Ben. 1,862, Very I think good, you'll find, yes. Michael. The Winchester boys, Ben, have settled down in middle age, and then they're called back. That might be true. I don't actually know that that's a joke. <laughs> they're called back to fight the forces of mundanity. I'd quite enjoy that, Michael. Um, Sam and Dean take on the Trump campaign in 2024. Very humorous, Ben. Benjamin, I think they're... How old are they? They're both in their 40s now, aren't they? That's a long-running show, Ben. Yeah, it's very long-running, Michael. Does it have the... Does it have the, the accolade of being the longest running show? Is that a thing? No, because a lot of those CSI things and your oh. NCISs, they go on forever. It's true. And they, they often even, Ben, just do the same episodes sometimes. <laughs> oh, we've done this before. Oh, no, the same murder again. Oh, no. Yeah, because the people who wrote the episode in season two are dead by the time season 17 rolls around. And <laughs> so they do just... the same episode. They just withdraw it from the bank of uh, procedural cop plots. I think it's a big roly-poly kind of bingo-style thing, isn't it? That they yeah, just yeah, big, spin the big balls bingo-y and, drum. Yeah. yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah. Um, it's a bit like Supernatural, really. Um, <laughs> I see what you've done. So, Benjamin. yeah, it's come to an end. I think it is beholden upon us to do an episode on Supernatural. We probably will have to, Michael. We'll, we'll, we'll probably have to, won't we, Benjamin? We'll pencil we'll pro- it in, Michael. We'll pencil it in. We'll probably have to do a, a look at where the, the long and ragged road of Supernatural, Ben. Yeah, we'll call it Wayward Sons. Um, oh, yeah, very good. I think that might be what the last episode is called. <laughs> of course it is. Of course yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah, I hope they get good. Jeffrey Dean Morgan back for a little one last hug with the boys. Oh, my sons, Ben. He <laughs> Dad. Dad. Sons. Sons. Dad. Sons. <laughs> I've never been prouder of both of you boys. Sons. <laughs> That's We've actually written the last episode of yeah, Super. That's it. It's written now. Everyone's going to die, Dad. I've never been prouder of you, my boys. Stopping it, them vampires. It's okay to quit. It's okay. Sammy. Sammy, what I'm coming th- for you. 
What are we doing here, Ben? What's what's this uh, about? What's I'm going on? I'm doing my next? Jensen Ackles impression, which is getting yes, better and better. Good with every passing week, uh, Michael. There were also other things that happened in the news, but I can't remember what they were. Well, Benjamin, first of all, that our your friend and mind of the podcast, John Ward Depp, has been oh, uh, yeah, has been removed from the crimes of Grindelwald. Now, Benjamin. I saw this news and I thought to myself, well, isn't it good that something's finally going right for Johnny Depp? But then I realised, Ben, this is actually a form of punishment. Yes, I think, well, you hit the nail on the head there, Michael. I think a lot of the community has been like, well, is that is that so bad that Johnny is gets that, to remove his really, name? <laughs> is that a punishment? Is that a punishment that he doesn't have to be in the next Crimes of Grindelwald film? That may do his career better in the long run. I don't know, Ben. I don't see his career having a lot of places to go now that he's a weird, kind of overweight, creepy guy. Yeah, look, it's been a stressful couple of years for poor old John Ward. And I don't know whether poor old John Ward is is an applicable title anymore. Do you know what, Michael? I think they're a pair of pricks. I think there's a pair of them in it. I think he might assault it. I think they're just a pair of maladjusted, slightly twisted pricks. I think you might have you might have uh, hit the nail on the head there, Ben. At least they're not trying to sneak any more dogs into Australia, though. I mean, that's good of them, isn't it? It's bigger than yeah. bigger yeah. them, and no ridiculous apologies to the media, where Johnny Depp is clearly laughing at how surreal all of it is and trying to keep a straight face while he sniggers. He probably would have got away with it, Ben, if he'd used the suitcase from his famous film, The Crimes of Grindelwald. He could have just slipped in there and it would have been grand. Yeah. No no pups found in there with a yeah. whole menagerie of illegal, illegally imported animals into Australia. Yeah. Uh, of course, Michael, mm-hmm. of course you'll know the fans are up in arms on both sides. On both sides, Michael. Uh, Which there's sides? A few, there's a few men's rights activists, classic MRA boys. Okay. And they're saying, why hasn't Amber Heard been taken off her film? Why is it just them. Johnny Depp? No, I think she's still going to be in the Schneider Cut. Is she going to be in the Schneider Cut? She's going to be in the Schneider Cut, and that's part of the uproar, Michael, is oh. that she has not been taken out of the Schneider Cut. But, look, you're always going to have that division. You have We Who Stand, Mr. Depp. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, My Instagram has been awash with support posts from young ladies who definitely haven't seen the majority of Johnny Depp's career. And have only right, right, seen right. him in his most recent works and for some reason still stan him very hard. They probably um, have, uh, you're going to have to define stan for me there, Ben. Uh, stan is to die hard fan over something. Okay. Right, I stan. Right, right. We stan a particular okay. thing. It comes, Michael, from the Eminem song, Stan. Stan. Yes, I've heard it. Benjamin, yes. why don't they just deep fake um, Blake Lively over Amber Heard in, <laughs> in, in the, the Schneider Cut? No one would even notice. Uh, they probably, yeah, they probably wouldn't actually. That's a very. I good would. Point. I certainly can't tell them apart, Benjamin. If if Amber Heard came up to me and said, "Hello, I'm Blake Lively. I'm the actress Blake Lively," I would say, "It's very nice to meet you, the actress Blake Lively." In fairness, if you took Megan Fox and dyed her hair blonde, you would also have a tough time distinguishing any of them. They run into the generic fifteen-year-old bait kind of trap of attractiveness and. It's very hard to distinguish on occasion. It's not for you, is it, Ben? That's not what you're into. I'm into all kinds of things, Michael. And yeah, I know. I've, I'm seen not your, gonna... uh, I've seen your hard drive. That time you asked me to fix it. It was uh, <laughs> a very uncomfortable you. time. Fuck you. Very bad. <laughs> I won't sit here, Michael, and tell you uh, that if Blake Lively or bloody Amber Heard... Well, maybe if Amber Heard walked up to me, I'd get a bit nervous. But I you'd won't tell you that I turned them down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'd be, be a bit frightened. frightened, Ben. You'd be very frightened of her. you go, oh, God, it's Hollywood actress Blake <laughs> Lively or Amber Heard. I'll probably just run away in case it's the abusive one. 
That's Benjamin. <laughs> what else is going on? There's not much else going on, is there? No, there isn't. There isn't. There isn't. There isn't is a there? lot going on, Michael. I'm no. trying to think. I, I did. Michael, we were recommended something by, by one Mr. Stephen J. Cadwell. Yes, I'm familiar with him. It's Dr. Stephen J. Cadwell, actually. I think you'll find it's Dr. to you, I think you'll you, find it's, it's not Mr. So, Dr. Stephen J. Cadwell got in touch with us and he said, let's check this out. And he sent us a trailer for something called Jiu-Jitsu, Michael. Oh, yeah. I forgot about this. <laughs> and the extended trailer has dropped this week. It's bloody mad, Ben. <laughs> it's like a fake thing that we would make up. It is something we would pitch on this very show. So, Michael. Yes. Nicholas Cage, what's he up to? Not much, I don't think. Well, I would argue the exact opposite. Nicolas Cage has found a directory of every B-movie that's going to be made for the next 20 years and has said, I want to be in all of them. At the same time. At the same time. And he's gone about doing that by getting into what is essentially the Predator, Michael, from what I can see. More than a touch of Mortal Kombat, though. Yeah, there's a lot of that going on, isn't there? There's a lot of Mortal Kombat just slid in there for good measure. Frank Grillo is in it. For, for yeah, people. You, you would think he'd know better. He should know better. I think, do you know what I think? Frank Grillo, by the way, for anyone who doesn't know, is Crossbones in the, in the MCU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I think what's happened to poor old Frank Grillo is he probably idolised Nicolas Cage back in the day and said, well, if I can be a movie with Nicolas Cage, I'll bloody do it. Yeah, and doesn't matter oh, what it is. Oh boy! I can take some time out of doing the Purge Six and go and be in this. (laughs) It's going to be interesting, Michael. It looks bizarre. It's got floaty wire stuff. It's set in Asia, possibly in China, because there are a bunch of lads. Yeah, and we need the funding. Um, It has a strange kind of Power Ranger style predator, otherworldly spaceman thingy. It's bizarre. Nicolas Cage constantly, you know, announces the fact that he's crazy, even though it's blatantly obvious to everyone who's anywhere near him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. So thank you for to Stephen J. Cadwell for putting that on the map. Benjamin. Yes. You have a Ben's Retractions to do. We haven't oh. actually talked about this. Nuts. But the, the movie, the upcoming movie that you talked about a few weeks ago, How to Train Your Dragon, but imagine if you're a girl. Yeah. What was that called again? I can't remember. I don't Re- even... Rhea, Rhea and the oh, Last Rhea. Dragon. Yeah, 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 that's it. Yeah, 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 not set in China at all, Ben. Ah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Crap. It's set in Southeast Asia. Oh, I'm a donkey. I'm so sorry. You're that's... an Elplum. An El- I'm an Elplum. Or, or maybe even South Asia. I'm not sure exactly, but not China specifically. Oh, big old sorries for me there, gang. That's Which that's... is, you know, it's not to say, Ben, that the Chinese aren't a grand bunch of lads, but this has nothing to do with them. This has nothing to do with them being a grand bunch of lads or to do with them in general. No, nothing to do with them at all. Gas. Gas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, sure, look, Michael, it wouldn't be the podcast if I didn't put my foot firmly in my mouth several times an episode. Yeah, well, uh, at least three. At least three to four. Three to four for a good, healthy uh, lifestyle and bowel movement. Yeah, three to four an episode. Anyway, Michael, what's next? I think we're moving on to the main topic of the week, Benjamin. Oh, good God, it's very oh, early no, in the episode. Didn't you want to talk about the Queen's Gambit? I did, actually. This week, Michael, I've watched the Queen's Gambit. Okay, is that relevant for us? I mean, in in the loosest of senses, Michael, yes, it is. Because the Queen's Gambit is, well, it's quite interesting, Michael. It's about a young chess player. 
yeah. called Beth Harmon or Elizabeth yeah. Harmon, depending on which way mm-hmm. you want to look at it. And oh, Michael, it's the bloody fifties and the sixties, and women aren't really getting the the respect they deserve. No, they were no use back then, women. That's the <laughs> only thing I can figure out, Ben. There's no way they would have been treated so poorly if they were any use. So the only the only logical explanation <laughs> is that women were no use back in those days. Ah, I see. It's the old well, women got rights when they earned them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. That's uh, that's the philosophy that I've just heard of, and I'm now I'm doing a joke about, but now I'm sticking to it. Oh wow. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, That is that is interesting. So, uh, Beth Harmon, Michael, has an even harder time of the fact that she's bloody a woman in the chess world, Michael, which is a man's game. Back in the day. Oh yeah, very physical. Very physical. A lot of brute strength required, Michael. A lot of brute strength. Picking up Um, those pieces. Yeah, and it's it's rough stuff. But Michael, it's a very interesting story. It's all about young Beth Harmon, and she has she has a troubled upbringing, Michael. But it turns out she's a bit of a chess genius. A and bit her of a protege, a bit of a yes, a bit of a prodigy, and that chess <laughs> geniusery, geniusery, yes. Yes. Uh, leads her to become the best player in first of all in Kentucky, right? Which I think was a low bar. And yeah, then, that's not that impressive, is it? And then, yeah, uh, she becomes the best player in the bloody US, Michael. Right, and then she right. becomes the best player, maybe, maybe in the world. Does she? Um, it's it's a pretty interesting story, Michael, and it's it's kind of all based around her struggles with addiction, her struggles with mental illness, uh, and how Russians really are the scariest thing. Very good lead in, Ben. Uh, very good. And I'm going to spoil it now, Michael, by saying really the core of this, as I said to a very good friend of mine, is the real chess was the friends you made along the way. <laughs> very good. That's the that's the core. Of this particular series. But also, don't yeah. play chess with Russians. Don't play chess with Russians because Gary Kasparov will just beat you. Was he Russian? Yeah, I think so. We can say he was, right. can't we? Yeah. Soviet. Yeah. Okay. Well, join us next week on our brand new podcast, A Pair of Queens, where we talk about queer theory and chess. Is it? Uh, is she a lady lesbian in the in the film Queen's Gambit? No. No, she's just a lady. Okay, it's just, just combining two of your interests. Just combining two of my interests. All right, okay. I'm I'm on board, Ben. I'm on board. Yeah. And Ben, in in the show, the Queen's Gambit, are the Russians not to be trusted? Well, I mean, it, 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 hmm, hmm, that stumped me a little bit, Michael. So, okay, it's not that they're not to be trusted. In right. fact, I dare say it's trying to provide a less polarized narrative than we might traditionally see in a Cold War pick. Right. Uh, but there is a constant kind of undermining of Russian trustworthiness where wow. I'm like uh, I mean they could be nice but I mean just watch yourself just watch just yourself. yourself because they're probably out to get you I mean fundamentally what they focus on Michael is the fact that Russians are bloody good at chess okay like Gary Kasparov probably. like Gary Kasparov probably yeah. um, who was probably Russian maybe and it's a very enjoyable film Michael it's got lots of stuff she's a very fashionable young lady so for anybody mm-hmm. that's into wardrobes a lot of 60s chic going on there it's pretty good oh very good yeah it's pretty and good this TV, ser- this TV series is, is a very enjoyable film is it it's a very enjoyable film yes it's a yes. wonderfully long film did I say this, film this TV series is a very enjoyable film very good okay Benjamin go on so look Benjamin I think before we move on Go on. It is very important for us to point out that all of the accents that are going to be appearing from the in the <laughs> podcast from this point on are based on 1980s American movies interpretation of Russian accents. That's what we're doing. We're not trying to be real Russians. We're trying to be the people that Arnold Schwarzenegger beat up. Classic. 
Yeah, except in the movie Red Sun. No, it's not Red Sun, is it? Red Heat? Red Heat, yeah. Yeah, in which case he was the Russian. Yes. Comrade. Oh, yeah, he was He was the Russian in Red Heat. Yes, he was. Not Red Sun, that's Superman. I did forget about that. Red Sun, we'll be talking about that later on the podcast, Michael, because this week's topic... Yeah. ...is bloody Cold War chic. How the Cold uh-huh. War influenced just about everything in popular culture. <laughs> Uh, well, not just about everything. That's very, very, very facetious, Michael. Go but, on. Go on. Um, how the aesthetic, politics, and narrative plot lines of the Cold War have influenced everything right up until this day. Da. Da. That the voyage. So, it's pretty interesting. Let's let's start with a little bit of basic history, Michael. The, the, the Cold War... Oh, boy. The Here Cold War spans roughly... I hope you have that foot ready, Ben. I and do. your mouth is primed to receive it. I do. So it depends who you ask, right? No, no. I want facts, Ben. I don't want opinions here. I want facts. But the overall Cold War period stems from 1947... Right. ...to 1991. Oh. Okay. According to as many history books as I get my fucking hands on. And how many years is that, Ben? Um, Michael, that's very mean of you to say. Because <laughs> I've just provided you with what I needed to provide you with. And you've, you've moved the goalposts because I got it right. <laughs> yeah, how many years is it though? Go on, tell us. Tell it's okay, business. hang on, hang on, hang on. Right, go on. Hang on, so if it's 47, we can add three years there and that'll bring us up to 50, 50, 50 to yeah. 91. So that's 41 years plus yeah. three. 44 years? 44 years, very good. 44 years. It's a bloody long war, Michael. Yeah. Bloody long war. With and no action. With no action, hence the name, hmm. The Cold War. Yeah. It would uh, be a boring TV series. Oh, you'd think that, Michael, but that's probably not the case. Yeah. Um, so I suppose one of the things that came to define The Cold War is that it's not really a war that the world had seen before then. Uh, there was an awful lot more subterfuge, Michael. Subterfuge. A lot, a lot more happening behind the scenes. Yeah, I got subterfuge wrong. Twice yeah, there, yeah. so I just want to find it on purpose. To be that, honest. I don't have to do it. I just my voice isn't working today. So, espionage became the central focus of such things, and it gave us an entire canon of James Bond movies, Michael, along with other things. Um, and I suppose throughout all that, any thriller from the nineteen. 19- 50s onwards would probably have been heavily influenced by the notion of Cold War. Silent tension, everybody spying on each other. Who can you trust? Absolutely yeah. nobody. What's Jennifer Lawrence up to? What's Jennifer Lawrence up to, Jennifer? Jennifer, Jennifer what are you doing? Put down that pistol. Je- Jennifer. Get down off that ballerina stage. Jennifer. I don't I don't trust you. Have you been out honeypotting? Jennifer. Jennifer. Uh, Anna, so, from the film Anna. What are you up to, Anna? <laughs> what What are you at, Salt? What yeah. are you at, Salt? Salt. What are you doing, Angelina Salt? <laughs> I'm keeping an eye on you. I've never trusted a ballerina. So, Michael, this has moved through different phases as we went along. It's It's influenced the world in a massive way, but... Primarily for us, what's interesting is is really the way it's influenced all the different fictions. Right, go on, very good. And so we said to ourselves, Michael, well, let's do a bloody topic on it. And we took a look. So there have been countless, especially in recent years, the, the 80s aesthetic, the Cold War 80s aesthetic seems to have dripped into our culture uh, again. It's kind of having a, a huge resurgence and focus upon. I'm thinking, Michael, of things like A Bloody Stranger Things. 
Yeah. I'm thinking of things, Michael, like an atomic blonde. Yeah. I'm thinking of things, Michael, like an X-Men first class, although that doesn't fit my 80s description that I just put down. So we'll, No, that's in the 60s. We'll come but back you're to right, that. though, Ben. And it's a weird thing because the 80s were pretty much the height of the Russians were the baddies. Yes. And it's by that stage, they had really just morphed into the stereotypical Russian going to kill all American Boys and girls. (laughs) Yes, get out of here, capitalism. I will replace you with good socialism. So it had progressed to that stage, to the comedy, almost ridiculous Russian baddie. And now we're nostalgic for that. Because it was a much simpler baddie, Michael. It was a very simple baddie, Ben, because he had a funny accent. He had on one of those Russian hats and he was obviously evil. Yeah, and you could spot them a mile away, Michael, and they didn't drive into a peaceful protest and shoot people up. And their thing. names were their names were Ivan or Boris or Boris Ivanovich. And you could pretty much know from a couple of miles away, it's like, ah, you're a Russian spy, aren't you? And they'd be like, no. And like, no. Boris, Boris, That's... okay, I'm spy. And it was I am really spy, handy. you found me. It was really, oh, you got me. Oh, look at you. And it was good because you could just easily... Identify your spy and get rid of them. It was also a bit of racial stereotyping, Ben, yeah, so I don't was. know if good is the right word. It was horrific. So it's it's set back Russian world relations decades. Uh, the Russians are good at that themselves as well, <laughs> yeah, though, don't forget. Oh, in fairness. So, Michael, along it's funny that you mentioned the kind of simple baddie, because alongside that came some of the the serious, serious stereotypes that went with the Russian baddies. So, first of all, you yes. had to go through the KGB. Yeah, it had to be the KGB, Ben. They're always there. And the phrase that let you know that this person was nobody to be fucked with was the phrase, he's ex-KGB. Oh. And then you'd have an American go, Christ. Christ. <laughs> Ex-Spetnaz. <laughs> What's Spetnaz, John? Russian Secret Services. The Russian Secret Service, Christ. And uh, then he does a roll. And then he, and then he does a bloody roll and a tuck. Yeah. And that was the first part that you had to do. That was the essential thing for your 80s Russian baddie. After that, they had to be hard as fucking nails. Mm. No Russian man had any feelings or any... uh, The word pain threshold didn't really apply because pain didn't exist in their mind. The the guy in in the last season of Stranger Things very much summed that up. Yeah. He was like a Terminator. Exactly. He's the unstoppable machine of communism. So we had a lot of that. He was the Ivan Drago, but not of boxing, of killing teenagers. (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty bad. So, I mean, Ivan Drago is a great point. There's there's a perfect thing. Every single American fear of communism embodied in one big machine. You take your best American man, your Rocky. Mm -hmm. You put him up against it. And what's he got, Michael? He's got squat. He's got That's squat. The Russians are cheating, Ben. They're using genetic engineering and steroids. And that leads us to our next bloody stereotype, Michael. Oh, bloody Russian super soldiers. What are you oh, doing over good. there? Yeah, what are you doing good. over there? And super soldiers became this huge thing within the Russian kind of popular culture mythology. This idea of genetic testing, conditioning, programming, and dehumanizing their men. That's like a big, big part of it. And... In recent pop culture, there's two excellent examples of that. One of them being Captain America Civil War or Winter Soldier. Take your pick between the two well, of them. 
It's it's Civil War though, isn't it? But in Civil War, Ben, they are you talking about Bucky or are you talking about the frozen Russian super soldiers? I'm talking about Bucky at the moment. Oh, he's American though. Yes, but he was he was part of the program, Michael, and he was changed by the Ruskies. Ah, so he represents an American who's like infiltrated by the Russians, like Joe yes, Biden. Yes, yes, a little bit of McCarthyism given a metal arm kind of job, or Joe Biden. Uh, yeah, Joe Biden is a Russian stooge, apparently. Appar- apparently, according to the very reputable news sources that I follow. Um, <laughs> apparently, he's not great. Um, he falls asleep all the time as well. Falls asleep uh, apparently, all the time ben. As well. Keep your politics out of this podcast, Ben. We don't want to hear it. It's too late. They're in. They're firmly in. All right, uh, so Bucky. So Bucky is a perfect example of a corrupted American, right? Let's let's take a look at that. And it's right. really interesting that that narrative reemerged so much later in the in the national kind of or in the international zeitgeist. Like the idea of I remember watching Winter Soldier and Civil War and it was like the movies I used to watch with my granddad where you'd have like the third man and everyone might be a secret Russian. And it was just a very strange thing to see all that aesthetic brought back in a 2000, what was it, 2016 movie? 16. But Ben, is is it brought back because Russians are kind of seen as the baddies again or is it brought back, as I suggest, because of nostalgia for the 80s? Oh, it's 100% your reason, Michael. 100% oh, nostalgia for the 80s nostalgia for the 80s because you'll notice Michael also on top of that we don't really spend a lot of time talking about the international implications of turning people into super soldiers and very often when we find our super soldier it's a decommissioned project it's yeah. something that went too far and even mm. the Russians said no Put it on ice. (laughs) Put it on ice. Ice Ice-ski. Oh, man, we're so getting cancelled after this one. Jesus. We're not. We're Um, we're making fun of Americans in the 80s. (laughs) So then we got to see that program extended a little bit further in Civil War where good old Baron Zemo unleashes an army of little Russian super soldiers. Mm. And it's it's all very grim, Michael. Yeah, were they Russian super soldiers or Sokovian super soldiers? Oh, get out of here. Get out of here, Michael. No, because there's the little team that they... Oh, maybe that was in Winter Soldier. I can't remember. I mix those two movies up all the time. But anyway, that was the first one. The other example that we have in those films, Michael, is Bloody Black Widow. There she is. Look at you pointing her at me there. Uh, if, <laughs> if only, if only, if only, if only, if you keep doing that there, Michael, I'm going to print screen it. There we go. There, we, there go. we go. Benjamin, it's funny though, because for every Russian man being an ice cold, non pain feeling, impenetrable super soldier, you've got a slinky sexy Russian lady. I, I think you mispronounced like, that, Michael. It's slinky sexy Russian lady. <laughs> slinky sexy Russian lady. First of all, Benjamin, when they're doing before, before Natalie Rushmore, before Scarlett Johansson, every time Black Widow is appearing on television and in film, she's speaking like this. What sort of spy is speaking like this? Everybody know immediately. No, she very good because when she when she she go on the mission, she changed the voice, so it sounds more like this. <laughs> Hello, I'm American. See, yes, so hello. It's very My name is Natasha. I am American lady. This has gone to it's Borat ridiculous. so fast. Yes, we've gone a little bit into <laughs> so Borat now. Let's fast. let's knock that on the head. I think Ben, Benjamin. But look, I've done you a huge favor, Benjamin. And yeah. I've travelled back in time all the way to the 1960s with the tiny room time machine. 
with the tiny room time machine, that's a good little bit of alliteration there, Ben. I think you should do a graphic. Um, <laughs> so, Benjamin, The Black Widow, Marvel's The Black Widow first appeared in 1967, I think. Right. 1964, even earlier. Get out of here. 1964, Ben. In Tales so of early. Tales of Suspense number 52. So early. Ben, that is 30 years before you were even born. That's a long time. And let me tell you something, Ben. The Black Widow in those days was very much the Russian stereotype of the the sexy lady spy. Yes. Because she does absolutely nothing. Oh. Nothing. Oh. She does nothing, Ben. So the Russians, Ben, as you know, uh, Ivan Vanko, Ben, he has uh, he has defected to capitalism with the Amerikanskis because they uh. treated him so well when they defeated him. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, and now he works for the capitalists. He works for Mr. Anthony Stark, Ben. And you might not know this, but Anthony Stark's secret bodyguard, Iron Man, is actually Anthony Stark. What? Yeah, but Ivan Vanko, Ben, the Crimson Dynamo, yeah. he has... Uh, he's... Um, Russian Iron Man just call him Russian Iron Man so Russian Iron Man has defected Ben and he's working with the Americanskis well that's good but of course Ben the KGB aren't best pleased about that well that's not good so they send two of their finest operatives to get him oh no one of them Ben his name is Boris okay and he's a large super strong non-pain feeling Russian killing machine is he Sheriff Hopper no, he's just Boris. He's just Boris. Okay. He's just Boris. You know, this is his name. His name is Boris. Oh, that's it? My, that's his name? Yeah, that's his name. That's not oh, I right. haven't made that up. I think his name's Boris. And they sent the Black Widow, Ben. Oh. And she goes with him. And the, the Boris's job is to sneak into Stark Towers and capture or kill Ivan Vanko. Good work. And the Black Widow's job is to distract Tony Stark. With her sexiness? No, she goes on a date with him. And then they have a dinner. And then... During the fight, she pretends she's injured, so Tony Stark looks away for a second. Oh, that's classic. And then she runs off. Ah, oh, sneaky Natasha Romanoff. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's it. Her that's all she does. Then. That's all she does. She's that's the most great. useless character of all time. That's not she great. Only, she only becomes the, the, the Black Widow that we know and love, Ben, much later. Much, where she much. gets the suit and the stingers and... Um, gets to do a bit of action. And she turns into a super slinky lady. And she turns into a super slinky sexy lady spy. Mm. But in this, she's just a, she's a woman who goes with Boris to distract Tony because Tony likes a lady. I mean, not the best moment for female representation, but as you said, Michael, they hadn't really earned their rights yet and it's not yeah, really I all mean, that surprising. Again, looking at this comic, Ben, which I assume was written by a woman, um, <laughs> yes, women weren't definitely. much use back then anyway. There wasn't much she could do either way. Yeah, there's definitely no poor representation of the other sex there. Sure, there isn't. There's definitely no, 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 just, no biases at play. Just let the men sort it out, oh, old lady. Don't you worry about Jesus. it. And you run off at the end and hope no one gets you. Oh, Jesus. Uh, the way I always remember her, um, Michael, is in the, the 1980s Daredevil series, where she becomes a right. love interest for Daredevil. Yes. Um, go on. No, no, you go on. I was All just right. taking a breath. Uh, oh, you were taking a breath. That's good, Michael. Breathing is very important. Breathing is very important. So she... She's not quite as Russian as she used to be. Not at all, Ben. <laughs> but there's still a little bit of Russianness about her. 
Yeah, a little bit, but not very much. She's basically now an American with a Russian accent for some reason. Yeah, so it's it's, yeah, it's pretty weird. Well, I mean, she's probably a good spy at that point, so she has to get rid of the accent. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, Michael, there's a bit of a twist in when, when the Ultimate Universe is launched. And mm. spoilers if you haven't read The Ultimates, which came out in the year 2000 at this point. It's a long time ago. It's a long time ago. Get on it. But it turns out that she's been a bloody double agent the whole time. No, I bloody knew it. I never trusted her. And bloody Black Widow's no good. And it's a shame because they put a lot of effort into making her an incredibly likable, enjoyable character. And then it's like, ah, it stings all the more when you find mm. out, oh, she's just been a Russian the whole time. She's never getting that movie, Ben. She's no, it's they've put they've put it on ice, Michael. So, I mean, that that leads us, I suppose, to the, the most modern interpretation of young Natasha Romanoff, which is Scarlett Johansson, which is just an American who occasionally looks sad and remembers her past. <laughs> It is. That's what it is. Although they do seem to be bringing a lot more Russian in, in yeah. the Black Widow movie, which came out this year in May. Which wasn't in the first couple of films she was in. Wasn't there. She, no, it really wasn't in Iron Man 2. In Iron no. Man 2, she was not nope. Russian. In our, in Avengers, she very briefly mentions that she came from a country that doesn't exist anymore. Oh, really? Yeah, she says, um, I can't remember, during the Red in, your, Red in My Ledger speech, she says something like, I'm Russian, Captain, I know what it's like to see your country do something. Oh, okay. So we get a little hint, little hinty-winty. Yeah. Mm. Then we start getting, in, in Age of Ultron, we start getting the classic Russian spy ballerina flashbacks. Yeah, the Red Room. Yeah, do a ballerina until your toes bleed, uh, learn how to be sexy, shoot this dog, and... Um, now you can't have babies, so you're a monster. Have an enforced hysterectomy. You are barren, thus other, thus monster. Job. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, very important, job. Michael. Very important in Russian spy training. Mm. Um, so, yeah. I mean, we get a little bit of that. And then I think just for this, they've just gone, you know what, make her fully Russian. Just lean into it. It turns out she's been involved in Russian spy works the whole time. The whole time. The whole time. She never really left. We never the- touched on it. Yeah, I was kind of excited to see where they were going because, first of all, they have Sheriff Hopper, yeah. who just just off the back of fighting a Russian, invincible Russian super soldier, is now playing one. Yep. So he's like, hello, my name is Sheriff Hopper. <laughs> that's it's getting worse. It's just going full Borat now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but that's okay. We don't judge. We don't judge here at the podcast, Michael. I can't do that. I have him here. Look, Ben, here he is. He's Red Guardian. Oh, do you have Red Guardian already? There he is there, look. Oh, look at him. Sheriff T. Hopper, hang on, we're doing a little bloody, doing is, a little bloody thing here. There he is. There we go, got it. Got it. His uh, catchphrase, of course, Red Guardian Leviosa. Oh, that, that's, that can't be yours, Michael, is it? I've just come up with that, Ben. Is Sometimes that I yours? come up with things on the oh, spot. Oh, Michael, that's excellent. Very good. Ben, oh, Ben, look. We could Red Guardian Leviosa. <laughs> Jesus Christ. See what I've done then? I've thrown um, them up For those in the air. of you not on the visual version of the podcast, which doesn't exist, by the way, uh, mm-hmm. Michael just threw his little action figure up in the air. Yeah, of Red Guardian. Of Red Guardian. It was very good. Yeah. So they've just leaned into that completely, Michael. And boy, oh boy, have they painted it with the old stereotype brush. Go on. Judging from the trailer now, I can't say this for a fact, but we have... We, have, we, we have, haven't seen it. We have big, grimy Russian apartment. Yeah. We have... Overweight, slightly alcoholic, tough guy Russian. Yes. In the form of Red Guardian. We have possible cold, dead inside sister. Yes. 
and we have big austere Russian lady who demands finesse composure at all times and that comes in the form of Miss Kate Winslet not Winslet it's Rachel Vice. Rachel Vice. I always mix those two up <laughs> do you? fun fact about me those are we the two we should do that an I episode on that yeah. I'd like to see that I mix them up all the time Rachel okay, Vice was in do- Titanic Let's just do a quick test, Ben. The Mummy. Ra- Rachel Weisz? <laughs> no, it's Kate Winslet. Is it actually Kate Winslet? No, it's Rachel Weisz. This oh, is great. God. This is great fun. <laughs> thank God. Okay, well, that's fun. So anyway, it, it looks like they're going to lean very heavily into some pretty hefty stereotypes um, mm. to really bring this home. I mean, it's not shocking. The Marvel Universe simplifies things a lot for the cinematic universe. Uh and you you have to deal with that all of the well, time, Michael. The other thing you have to deal with, Ben, is the fact that all of these long, long-standing and beloved characters, because of Marvel's and DC's decision not to age their characters, yes, they all come from periods of history which make them a bit anachronistic these days. Yeah, they don't fit anymore. They don't really, Ben, in the episode, in the issue in which Black Widow is introduced, Stanley explains what a laser is to the readers. Amazing. Yeah. Um, the the Amazing. Crimson Dynamo, the Crimson Dynamo is working on creating the first functional laser weapon in the in the comic and it has to be explained to the list to the readers what a laser is. That's amazing. It's incredible, Ben. It's amazing. And the entire the power of um, the power of Iron Man's armor comes from transistors. Transistors, Ben. He has a transistor and electricity powered suit. And I was reading it, going, "This is mad." Transistors and electricity have ma- have made this suit. And then I thought, you know what, Ben? It's exactly the same. Just take out the word laser and put in quantum, and take yep. out the word transistor and put in the word nano, and yep. our current comics are going to look just as ridiculous in fifty years. One day, it's going to be very silly. Yes. No. Now. Now it's very silly. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Now it's very silly. Um, yeah. yeah. So anyway, that sorry, I went on a side point about lasers. But my okay. point is, Black Widow doesn't really make sense now. No. It, because if she's a 30-year-old lady, she was born in 1993, which is post the USSR, Ben, yes. having intensive sexy lady spy training organisations like in the film Red Sparrow. Even if she, even if, Michael, she's a little bit older than that, let's say she's 40 now. Right. She still wouldn't have had time to have this huge backstory that she's had Mm. by the time we've gotten to here. Like, it it would still only be 10 years of intensive training before a lot of those programs were decommissioned and she was kind of let go. Let's say, for the sake of argument, that she finishes up her spy career at 18. Right. Right. Let's say she makes the hop, skip and jump. Nick Fury saves her life somewhere and she owes him a debt. Clint Barton. Where has she found the time to build that huge family connection with the Red Guardian, Rachel yeah. Weiss? Yeah. <laughs> or uh, or Emily Blunt, whoever it was. <laughs> like, where's that going to come from? It doesn't make sense, though. It doesn't, it make, doesn't sense. make sense. That's sense. what happens. Our timeline's when take, skewed. When you make, take characters who were invented in the 60s, like, okay, the Americans are lucky that they keep starting wars. So it, it's very easy to just keep updating Tony Stark's origin story. Yeah. But... In 2050, what war is Tony Stark going to have been injured in? 
the the World War Three of twenty twenty four. World War Three, yeah, yeah. I suppose, or the first invasion of Britain. Oh yeah, I can't wait for that. Oh, that'll be good. That'll be interesting. Bit of banter. Benjamin, uh, yeah. what other Cold War characters or themes are we looking at? So I, I think the one that we we cannot miss, Michael, is the sheer glamour and sexiness of the sixties yeah. and the Cold War aesthetic. So you mentioned it earlier, Michael. X Men First Class. Yes, Ben, I watched it. Is a pretty great example of Cold War tension combined with bloody suave sexiness. Oh, the Russians, Ben, they've got a big room with a big giant map on it. But the best part about that, Michael, is that you have a little mm. bit of a, a Nazi hangover from that because it's like, well, remember World War Two? God, that was recent, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, very recent. That was bloody recent, wasn't it? That's still fresh mm. in the memory of many. And one of my favourite things about X-Men First Class, Michael, is they just lean so heavily into the spy movie of the 60s. Yes. Like, X-Men First Class is a spy film that towards the end goes a bit bananas. Uh, I don't necessarily fully agree with you there. I think it's half a spy film. Half. I'll take a half. The I'll Magneto half. stuff is oh, kind of a spy film. It's and so good. That's the biggest strength of it. And then the the Cuban Missile Crisis stuff is spy filmy. But none of the stuff with the American teens yeah, is right, very spy filmy. Fair. But there's the whole, like, the government is first using mutants and they're like, we could use them as a weapon. Against yeah. the Ruskies, that'll be good. Against the, against the Reds. Get against the dirty, dirty Reds, and we'll get them in there. And, it, I mean, there's that whole underlying thing of bureaucracy. I think that's one of the really sad things that comes from a lot of the the 60s kind of spy movies. Bureaucracy is key. Like, mm. <laughs> bureaucracy and, you know, the abandonment of agents in favour of a diplomatic solution. And, you know, sometimes it's like, Sometimes you're looking at it and you're watching it and it's like, oh, the spy did their job. Yeah, they, they beat the Russians. And then they get a briefing from their handler and the handler's like, yeah, we've decided to bury it. Yeah, I'm glad you did all that. But look, we went another way with it. We went another way with it because we just weren't ready. Um, I don't know if that's one of the great tragedies of Spycraft, though, Ben. Anyone who's ever worked on a project has had that happen. <laughs> that's true. That's true. It's just bureaucracy in general. Maybe, yeah, I'm, just, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. I'm just venting about how I'm feeling. Oh, bureaucracy. Yeah. Yeah, it's just gross. Benjamin, <laughs> speaking of the the 60s, the kind of 60s Russian aesthetic, have you ever played Command & Conquer Red Alert 2? I think you know I haven't, Michael. Go on and tell me anyway. Benjamin, it is one of the best. If No, it is the best. What if the Cold War had become not cold? Oh, it's a heat Video up. games. Yeah, it's a heat up. And the opening cinematic, Ben, is a Russian invasion of America. What? With, yeah, with uh, zeppelins and big giant tanks and submarines and um, with stomping Russian music. It's brilliant. And then Tim Curry is in it, Ben, and he plays the premier of the Soviet Union. Oh, I've seen that little video on YouTube. That's been recommended to me because he escapes to space at the end, doesn't he? Oh, no, hold on. That's Red Alert 3. Tim oh. Curry's in Red Alert 3. Okay. But Red Alert 2 is better. Red, Red Alert 2 is better. Okay. Red Alert 2 is the best. I don't know if you could say that anything with, uh, with Tim Curry in it could be second best to something else. but with- uh, Red, Red Alert 3 upped the campiness even more oh, and has good. him escape. But Red Alert 3, Ben, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but uh, Tim Curry plays the Soviet leader in Red Alert 3. Does he play Stalin? No, it's not Stalin. It's not Stalin. But- I think it's just generic Russian body one. You can watch the, his clips and he's clearly laughing in a lot of them. 
Yeah, because it's so enjoyable. He he just, he finds it all so ridiculous. He's giving orders and he's laughing at the same time. It's brilliant. He's just having a good old time. He's just having a good old time. Red Alert 2, Ben, it has everything you could possibly want. It has has bumbling Soviet bureaucrats. It has sexy spy ladies. It has... um, it has uh, tundras and snow and Ooh. yeah, it's it's great. Love a tundra. Speaking of a yeah. movie that has everything you could want, Michael, and this yeah. is why I really did this episode. This is the primary reason I did it. Bloody The Man From U.N.C.L.E., right? Yes. The right, remake by Guy Ritchie, which I argue to this day is one of the most criminally underrated films to come out in the last decade. Starring Henry Cavill and Armand Hammer. And Armand Hammer. And Michael, is Elizabeth Debicki? Alicia Vikander. Is it? Yeah, it's Alicia Vikander. Is, is Elizabeth the Bicky not in it? Who's Elizabeth? The very tall lady. Oh, I think she is. She's Victoria. She's the, yeah. the evil Italian lady. Yeah, she's very tall. Very tall. So she's in there as well. And uh, Hugh Grant pops up <laughs> every once in a while. And Michael, so good. So interesting. So stylized. Probably too stylized to a fault on occasion. But so enjoyable, Michael, because it's just... A film that went, yeah, let's just do the stereotypes. And they did it from start to finish. The Russian is ridiculous. Yes, hello. uh, Armand Hammer Mm -hmm. (laughs) as, what's his name? Oh, it's going to slip my mind. Yuri. No, it's not. Oleg. It's it's something very similar. Boris. I can't believe this. Anyway, doesn't doesn't (laughs) matter. I can't. I can't remember it. I can't remember it. I'll look it up. You spin your wheels. But it's amazing. So him and Napoleon Solo, who is the American, are the the most pastiched versions of each other you could possibly imagine. Henry Cavill is hopelessly arrogant and conceited and over the top. And Armand Hammer is just this... Ilya. Ilya. There we go. Oh, Ilya Kurakin. There we go. It's it's, it's in there as you go. But And Ilya is the typical Russian. Doesn't process feelings. Big, machine-like man. Unstoppable. Prone to fits of rage. Uh, likes a murder. Likes mm. a beating up. Enjoys solving problems with fists. Oh, yeah. Michael, it's peak 60s in 2011. I think that movie is nine years old now. 2015. Okay, it was miles off there. Never mind. But it never... There's sexy ladies on boats. There's sexy ladies there's, on boats. There's Monaco, I think. <laughs> Monaco is there. It's Italy. I think it's Milan, in fairness. Oh, is it? Okay. Or Rome. Yeah, but Milan it's all Rome. the same. Um, Monaco and... Yeah, that's fine. Just, they're all the same. But that yeah, comes the from... The Riviera. That comes from the very famous series, Michael, uh, The Man from Uncle, which was a TV mm. series way back in the day. Yeah. Uh, and it's a pretty interesting attempt at that because what it was was... What it was was... Yeah. It was an attempt to, I think, bridge some of the divide that was occurring during that time between East and West. Because... The TV show The Man From Uncle. What you have in that TV show is two lads getting along just fine Mm. from different sides of the Iron Curtain. And it's eventually... Yeah, it's a begrudging thing, but it's a pretty humanizing attempt at... Cold War relations. It's pretty bloody interesting. Does it lean heavily on stereotypes? Heckin' yes. I think you mean da. I think I mean da. Uh, I certainly don't mean yet, I'll tell you that much. Um, yeah, very good. 
but yeah, so I mean, it, like, interesting to see that that has persevered so long. And it kind of fascinates me that it's persevered so long. But I think you hit the nail on the head, Michael. I started this not knowing why it's persevered so long, but you've nailed it. It's nostalgia. It's pure... Nostalgia's back, Ben. It's, it's cycling back. Pure nostalgia from top well, to bottom. We are now nostalgic, Ben, for the period in the late Cold War where the Cold War had been going on so long that it had descended into self-parody. And now we're nostalgic for that period. It's pretty interesting. It's pretty... It's, uh, it's, it's layers upon layers, Ben. Yeah, I like it. I like it. That yeah. was an excellent answer. Do you like it as much as you like the Ukrainian dish, borscht? I quite like borscht. Yeah. It's good. quite nice. It's quite Benjamin, nice. did the listeners have anything to say? The listeners had a lot to say, Michael. Let me tell you what they had to say. We got some excellent, excellent recommendations from the listeners. So let's go through that. Uh, okay. Good friend of the podcast, Sean Northridge, uh, mm. gave us a shout and said, Superman Red Sun. We've talked about that extensively in the past, Ben. We have on our other podcast, Collecting Issues, which you can check out right now. It's waiting for you if you hadn't had enough of us today and you can learn all about Superman Red Sun. Um, We had other shout-outs. So, Rambling Rob gave us a shout. Good on, Rob. Still in Canada. Still in Canada. Canada. Hmm. Uh, He said, Red Ghost and his Super Apes, which is a very obscure Marvel villain called Ivan Kragov. Of course it is, yeah. Ivan, and, yeah. yeah, Ivan, very important. And uh, basically, he's a bit of a super genius, Michael. And what he did with his super genius tree is that he went and he made himself some genetically modified apes. So instead of making humans into super soldiers, he did it with some apes. Ape, Russian, evil Russian super soldier apes. Super apes. Get on it, Ben. I'd love to hear more. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, we'll probably save that for another episode, Michael, because <laughs> okay. that deserves that deserves our evil ape episode. An evil. Oh yeah, let's do it. That okay. sounds good. Hateful apes. Uh, Very good. Yeah. Tarantino reference. That'd be good. Ah, oh, great. Look at us. We're so good at podcasting. So um, good. <laughs> then uh, nine wassies or Gareth uh, got in touch with it, and he said, "It's got to be Watchmen." Um, and that's a oh, we good. We haven't even touched on we Watchmen. We haven't even touched then. on Watchmen. We've done the Watchmen whole... on other episodes, and you can take a look at that. But the whole setting of Watchmen is based on the Cold War. There are no Ruskies really in it. No, but the Cold War is the driving force behind the whole thing. Behind the whole damn thing. Yeah. Uh, then we had the Dark Knight Returns, um, and there's the whole arc with Superman and the nuclear deterrent. Oh, The Dark Knight Returns, the, uh, the, the comic, comic book. The comic book. Yeah. Yeah, the comic basically, book. Basically, any comic... We've forgotten to talk about this. Thanks for reminding us, Nine Wassies. Basically, any comic book where superheroes are an analogy or a replacement for the nuclear deterrent. Yeah. That's a Cold War story just there. Right there, baby. Right yeah. there. And I mean, in in that way, you could almost say that uh, X-Men First Class hits the nail on the head a little bit. A bit too on the nose. Perhaps. By having the mutants just literally be involved in the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yeah, because look, 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 look. Don't yeah. need nuclear weapons anymore. We've got something else. We've got mutants. We've got the mutant Magneto. Benjamin, we also had uh, some Facebook messages, for Go example, on. from good friend of the podcast, Cronathan at Croncrafts. Oh, uh, what's up, Cron? Uh, and he said that his favourite um, his favorite, uh, Cold War analogy is the PS2 game. Oh. Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. Snake Eater. Is that what it's actually Snake called? Snake Eater. Oh. It is what it's called. Of course it is. It, it, it's, uh, 
it's about Ben. It's a lot of your favourite things, like internal struggles between the KGB oh, and it. the and the GRU. Oh, not the, the GRU. The, the GRU. And there's uh, there's big walking robots that can launch nuclear missiles. Ben. Oh, excellent. And there's uh, sexy Russian lady characters and stoic Russian men characters. Oh, get in. Everything you bloody want, Ben. This is everything I need, Michael. But uh, unlike almost everything we've talked about um, in this episode, it has a somewhat unique perspective of being through a Japanese lens. That That is unique. Yeah. <laughs> that is, yeah, that is yeah. something special. I played it, Ben, many years ago, but I only had time to watch a couple of vi- uh, videos on it today to, before we did the podcast. And I'm going to download the PS2 emulator because of Cronathan. And you're going and, to have uh, a go. And i got to have another go of the damn thing. Film that and put Although, it on the podcast. <laughs> stealth games, Ben, not really my thing. I don't have the patience for it. Oh, see, I do. So we should do a Let's Play of uh, Metal Gear Solid Of me Solid getting annoyed at you taking too long. Yep. That'll be good. Oh, yeah, That'll be good viewing. Yeah, yeah. Any other? Any fa- others, Ben? No, that's it for us, Michael. Um, but a pretty great shout all round. So, did we miss? A- Sorry, we will actually do a Cold War Two episode. Not that we're oh, going we to start to, Cold War Two, but we will uh, have a Cold War Two episode where we look at maybe more comic books, Michael, because we didn't really do enough comic booky stuff. We barely touched on it, Ben. Barely touched on it, Michael, because we only have about an hour an episode. But, ladies and gentlemen. That leads me to my next question. What do you think of the Cold War? Uh, did you live through the Cold War? Are you old enough to have experienced the Cold War in yes, some form? Yes, I am. Yes, Ben. Yes, I am. Thank <laughs> you for Are you mixed uh, age? At the spry yes. age of 48? I'm not um, 48, you lying son of a bitch. <laughs> at the spry age... Sorry, you're right. At the spry age of 58, uh, Michael has had <laughs> quite a bit of experience with the Cold War. Uh, and we'd love to hear yours as well. What are your favourite Cold War... Uh, movies what are your favorite cold war plots what are your favorite cold war books comic book characters whatever you like yeah whatever you like go uh, for it get in touch have you us. seen the television program the americans yeah, i haven't actually yeah it has uh, kate winslet in it kate winslet or rachel weiss no and um, the other one the other one you always mix up with those two from out of felicity emily blunt Yes. <laughs> um, so, ladies and gentlemen, you can get in touch with us in a whole rake of places. Uh, you can find us on the interwebs at www.seanrebuke.com. It's Kerry Russell. Yeah, it means tiny room in Irish. It doesn't. It means Kerry Russell in Irish. Uh, yeah. Or you can find us on the Instagram at seanrebuke, S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G. Uh, and you can find us there as well. You can give us all kinds of ideas. If there's something you'd like to hear discussed on the podcast, do get in touch with us and let us no. Ladies and yeah, gentlemen, do, please. if you enjoy this podcast, do consider giving us a favourable review on your podcast platform of choice. It could be an Apple Podcasts. Give us an hour star rating and a review, please. We'd appreciate it very much. It could be on one of the other platforms. For example, Google Podcasts or Amazon Podcasts, which is a thing now and we should probably integrate into. Give us an hour review there as well. Give us an review on any of those. And if you listen to us on Spotify, which is more than likely where you do listen to us, uh, do share us on your story or directly with a pal that you think might enjoy a little bit of banter about the Cold War. We'll be back next week, ladies and gentlemen, where we'll be talking about the New Mutants, history, adaptation and bloody where it's going these days. With Uh, Ben's favourite actress, Anya Taylor-Joy from The Queen's Gambit. From The Queen's Gambit. Anya Taylor-Joy 2, Electric Boogaloo. Mm -hmm. And... Also, if you haven't had enough of our dulcet tones this week, you can check out our collecting issues, which will drop this Wednesday on Sherlock Frankenstein from Dark Horse Comics. Ooh, spooky. I know. So, until then, ladies and gentlemen, das vadanya. Das vadanya, tovarish.
Spetsnets.